Blog Talk Radio. podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Well, here we are. Here we go. (laughs) On the ride. (laughs) Well, you know, it's that time of the year now where we've passed the the harvest and the Thanksgiving and we're we're careening through till what modern people call Christmas and we call solstice. So I guess, you know, it's uh I haven't quite got excited enough yet. I'm working on it. So, yeah. Yeah. It is sometimes it's like I feel the the holiday spirit or whatever you want to call it early and sometimes it's like it's Christmas morning and I'm still like really is it really so we'll see what happens this year yeah I know it's and it without going into you know the things that are going on in the country and the world it's more the idea that it's our own world our own environment we're living in community etc is you know, had its, um, how do I put this? It's uh, things that have happened that have, uh, shall we say, disturbed and rippled the water a lot more than normal. I mean, I know we had our fires last year here, but then there have been the mm-hmm. fires that have been in the north and the south and um, how it's affected this county as well, even though it wasn't physically here. Right. And, uh, you know, people have been kind of turning around and kind of spinning a little. But, and the weather, I mean, we're very, I mean, I am excited every time I hear the rain, mostly because it's, to me, it means we're, we're actually getting winter as opposed to walking outside <laughs> and finding it 70 and, you know, 80 and whatever. And you're going, wait a minute. You know, 
where where, where did fall go? It kind of didn't exist. So, but anyhow, <laughs> so I, you know, and I am. I'm a winter baby, so obviously my way is going, wait a minute, you know, where, where's yeah. my time? But um, yeah. so here we are. What happened with you this week since we last, well, we weren't really on last week, but since we last yeah. were talking, how have you been? Yeah, things are pretty good. Busy, 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 and heading into an even busier time. So that's, you know, great. Uh, I I spoke with my regular tattoo artist this week about starting another piece. My devotional piece to Dionysus is now in the process of being created, so that's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see what else is interesting. Um, I have a blessing way ritual this weekend I'm going to. Uh, we're getting our Christmas or Yule tree. We, we flip flop and use both terms this weekend. My other friend just had her baby. So there's lots of exciting, fun things to celebrate going on in life. And, um, and I finished my manuscript for the book I'm writing, um, with Llewellyn. Thank you. And I pitched a second idea and they have, uh, picked it up. So I have a second book about, is in a contract now with Llewellyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess I've added a whole new job <laughs> to my work. Good. I needed, like I needed more work. Um, but honestly, this week, kind of all I've been doing is reading fiction. Like I, I listened to this fantasy series on Audible a few months ago, and I felt literally I've fallen in love with one of the characters. Literally, I'm like sick to death about how much I'm in love with this character. My friend keeps teasing me it's because I have my moon is in Libra and that's why I fall in love with fictional characters. I don't know why I do it, but I listened to this book series on Audible and now I'm reading them. <laughs> is this the uh, All Souls trilogy? No, no, it's oh. not. It's a, it's a it's a series I read after that. Ah, okay, all yeah. right. Well, yeah, it's, it's terrible. So that's what I'm doing. I'm mooning over <laughs> um, fake people. How are you? Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I guess it's between <laughs> some of my ideas is I'd like to be doing that, but I seem to be this last <laughs> week or two weeks forced into the real world on a very, you know, high-pressured experience. Um, my, well, that's uh, boring. <laughs> I know it is, but it's uh, and it's costly, you know, some of this is yeah. costly, you know. Um, Mercury retrograde, it's just, you know, I was born on a Mercury retrograde, okay? So you think that this is a natural kind of flow for me and whatever that may mean. Right. But it seems to, it, it's it's like, okay, in July, I got my dogs, my two little guys, uh, their dog tag renewals, and they had rabies shots, boosters they had to have. And so I did all of that, and I sent it off to the Sonoma County um, Animal Services, and I do cashier's checks, especially when I do that kind of thing. It's just I don't like tying funds up in my checking account where God knows how long Mm -hmm. it's going to take them to take it out. So there I was. I was happily thinking life is fine until I went to my post office box um, yesterday and found that I had this notice 
that said, by the way, you have not paid, and now you have to pay 26, you know, instead of the, the 13 for seniors that mm. I get, plus, you know, they're, neut- they're neutered. And, you know, you've got to come up with it. And I'm like, wait a minute. So I get on the phone and I talk to them. And they go, no, 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 you didn't, you know, you didn't get your tags. It's really your fault. And I'm like, well, no, my dogs have had their tags. I've just did renewal. As it turns right. out, I had to go to the to the actual animal services here in Santa Rosa. And, you know, oh, I have a hard time the going there. And, yeah. you know, my heart kind of, you know, gets all, mm-hmm. you know, kind of twisted. Luckily, there were none of the animals in the little cages in the front entrance area, which is great. And I had to wait till they opened the gate because they open at 12. So I was sitting there waiting and got in. And this very nice young lady was standing there. And there was another lady. And I walked up to her and she said, what can I do for you? And I said, well, I have a problem. And I took out my papers. And I had gone to my bank the day before and gotten copies because they had cashed my cashier's checks and they're telling me they never did this. They never got it. So I come in and I show her all this. Now you're going to laugh because this is Mercury retrograde. Mm-hmm. I have the original, which is, you know, I use uh, Elvira Kirkaruto hyphen love. And then mm-hmm. they sent it to me, Elvira Kirkaruto, which I didn't take any notice of because I get things from everybody with both maiden sure. and, and then the, the married name. And, sure. I, and she goes, oh, well, that's your problem. And she looked it up, and sure enough, the way it got sent in by the, the vet for the rabies shot was under Kirkarito. Well, it's because that was what my credit card said, and that's what they have on file, and that's what they did, right? And she says, well, we're going to have to merge the two. You're fine. You did it. You, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And it was like I had been all steamed up, and I was really all ex- upset. And she said, no, it's all fine. Don't worry about it. And she did it in about maybe five, ten minutes, and I was out the door and, and out of the thing, and I'm like, that is so Mercury retrograde, so mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. So I have to make sure that I go and explain to the vet. And, you know, I used um, the VIP pet care, which I'll be seeing them on Sunday with the dogs anyway for a booster shot on something else and tell them that this is the name they have to put me under and this is the name they have to send any information to, you know, anywhere on, you know. But it was so typically Mercury retrograde. And I was sitting there going... You know, so the the kind of things that I've been doing is picking up those kind of pieces, um, just like laughingly we're doing our radio show via two different locations, and I happen to be on right. my cell phone because the landline is not working, <laughs> and it's not working because of the rain. So now I have to call mm-hmm. and make sure I get, some, you know, and it's like that kind of whoopee, you know. So that's been my two weeks. It's been picking up that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. anything else but it's you know I've had good things happen I've you know been able to get I'm halfway through the Christmas list of things for people and I just got a huge thing today so that's really good and I've got to get the stuff sent off to my daughter's side when I leave the area to go there and um, you know it's it's just for me it's like Get all those done, and then I might have Christmas spirit. (laughs) But, yeah, you know, I mean, and it was funny. Thanksgiving was really good. It was with a very dear friend of mine who's been a family friend for 40 years, and her daughter and, you know, 
her daughter's boyfriend, and it was simple and easy and nice and and that kind of thing. And um, I was really kind of you know okay, this is cool and and that kind of stuff. So it was it's got its good sides, but I'm I'm still kind of not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally get that. Yeah. So obviously our subject for today, though you know, often changed for different reasons, is now Kali. Yeah. Yes. Yay. I, you know, our, yes, our last of our 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 dark. Um, how do we want to put it? Our um, dark energies for the the transition of year and transitions and things of that nature. She. You, you know, the research I did on her, I actually, I wasn't too sure I was going to like Kali. You know, I mean, I know Kali, but I didn't necessarily know if I was going to, you know. But I actually began to kind of, I don't want to say warm up to her, because I don't think that's, mm-hmm. you don't get warm fuzzies with her. But um, I began to get a real feel for mm-hmm. what she's like and what the energies of this, this deity is, is about. So... I was kind of going, well, I learned something different. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, she's um, she's much more uh, complex, I think, than, than she may be given credit for, especially in the Western world. I think people who are Hindu get that, but I think sometimes we mm-hmm. can miss that thread. Um, right. I took a class once. I went through a Kali workshop. And it was specifically about forming a relationship with Kali. And it was really powerful for me. Uh, We Mm -hmm. did this one meditation where we encountered uh, Kali. And and I'll spare all of the details. But basically, I felt like like the most fierce and protective mother. Just Mm -hmm. so... Yes, absolutely terrifying and scary, but not not towards me, towards anyone mm-hmm. who meant me harm. It was like I had this warrior spirit standing in front of me who wasn't just a warrior and was going to kick anyone's ass because that's her job, but because she loved me so fiercely. It was very profound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that mm-hmm. sometimes we miss, we miss that about her because we just think of her as this, like, death goddess, you know? Right, right, right. And that's the part that... I feel we need to understand is that, yes, there is the the side of death, but it is not necessarily the the cold and the the unfeeling process. There is something even Mm -hmm. deeper and more intense, and that's, but then, you know, a lot of people, and I know I number myself sometimes in that as well, we don't like the deep, Stuff. We like to skate on the upper half. You know, it's like we don't want to go down too far. You know, you don't want to go right. into that stuff. So, but she is, you know, um, Hindu, Tibetan, Nepalese. Mm-hmm. So she, she kind of comes from all of those different areas. She is part of that. Yeah. And um, they, you know, there's yeah. a sense that she's 3,000 years B.C., you know, Neolithic, indo valley you know in this valley because that kind of ancient kind of a process yeah absolutely and absolutely um unend uh, uninterrupted i think is what we Mm. need we need to see here she is an uninterrupted deity period right yeah that makes a difference so um 
Did you want to talk any of the myths or anything on how she was formed or any of that? Sure. Um, I think it's also think important it's- before before I go start on that, um, just to name, you know, we we say this every time we talk about DDs, but when we say Kali, Kali Ma, this concept of a Hindu goddess, that's not saying that every Hindu uh, works with Kali the same way. That's not to say that every region, because Hindus aren't just in India. They're all over the place. And oh, yeah. different regions work with her differently. Even the, the um, breaking her name down is different in different places. And so it's, it's hard to just say, oh, well, this is what she is, because she is very, very multifaceted because she comes from many different places. Um, but the thing to know about Hinduism is that the deities are reincarnations of themselves. So we see um, Kali is sometimes seen as the reincarnation of Parvati. And she's sometimes mm-hmm. seen as the emanation of Durga. She's sometimes um, seen as, uh, depending on her birth story, there's all these different ways that she was formed. So the, mm-hmm. the, gods, mm-hmm. the gods in the Hindu system aren't just one aspect. They are all related. They're layers of each other. They're multifaceted or they're reincarnations of each other. So it's really a complicated system. Um, I've worked with Kali. I work with Lakshmi. Um, I, I've studied on and off Hinduism for 20 years. I still don't fully understand it. And it's not my culture. I, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like when, when you're immersed in this culture, it's, probably easier to understand than trying to understand it on an intellectual level, you know? Right, um, right. What Isn't that yeah. true of any of the deities and the traditions is that, oh, totally. you know, if you come from that culture and that tradition, you are immersed, as you say, immersed in the process. So you are cellularly aware of it on more yeah. than just the mind aspect. Right, right. So, so one and I, of the you know. versions... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to mumble oh, okay. something. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> so one of the versions of Kali's birth is uh, that the warrior goddess Durga, and Durga is often seen riding on a tiger. with. She has many arms, ten arms, and she carries a weapon in each one. Uh, and she concentrated all of her anger, and her anger burst from her forehead, uh, and that was Kali. Mm-hmm. And Kali uh, is often seen black or or blue-skinned, and there's a whole reason for that that we'll talk about later. But she basically goes into a, a frenzy and kills all the demons that Durga had been fighting, right? So that in mm-hmm. one version, she is, she is born of Durga. In another version, the goddess Parvati sheds her dark skin, and Kali becomes the, the living emanation of the dark, dark skin. One of the mm-hmm. translations of Kali's name means the sheath, and Parvati is the fair one. Um, so she separates her, her darkness, her eternal darkness, the, and there she represents the creation and the destruction, right? Mm-hmm, and then there's mm-hmm. even another version. Actually, there's two more versions. There's one where uh, Parvati, there's a demon that can't be killed by any uh, regular means, and it has mm-hmm. to be a woman. 
So Parvati jumped into Shiva's throat because many, many years before he had eaten a poison and she joins uh-huh. with that poison and becomes Kali and kills the demon. And then in the version that most people are familiar with, um, there were many, many demons. And if you spit, well, there was one demon, but if you spilled his blood, any drop of blood, another demon sprang forth. And so the gods couldn't kill this demon because every time they, they killed him, his blood would spill and more demons would come. And so the gods all came together and they all gave some of their essence, their shakti, their energy, mm-hmm. and created mm-hmm. Kali. And Kali went into her, her frenzy and uh, killed the demons, but she devoured them whole so that no blood was spilled. And when she reached the main demon... She drank all his blood so that it could never happen again. Um, and she went on such a rage. She was caught up in the frenzy of killing that she started to destroy other things, um, humans and land and villages. And, and so Shiva laid down, and in her frenzy, she, it was often called the dance. She would go into such a frenzy that she would be dancing, and the dance was mm-hmm. a destruction. And when she realizes she's dancing on Shiva and about to kill him, she calms and stops because Shiva is her love, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the story most people are familiar with. But I think it's really interesting that there are all these other potential birth stories of hers that come from different regions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, there, you, well, there you go. There you are. Well, and each one of them within the, the dynamic is interesting because when I started, you know, all of these, of course, are ones that I had, you know, noted down. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting because as I kept going through the process, I kept, you know, and again, at one point they mentioned it, it is a segment, you know, in the Egyptian pantheon, segment is the the version that goes into the bloodlust because she goes out and is the warrioress that kills all of the, the the evil ones out there and she just kind of loses it and then they have to get her drunk and then, you know, basically mm-hmm. she goes to sleep. But the idea is, is that, and you just think about it, when you get so angry, whether, you know, justifiable, rage, protection, whatever, you don't have the total control and you you know there's a point where you just keep going and I know that for and it's not to say that I have but I know people who are in battle and there is a point where that kind of energy takes over and it's not just about it, it's survival but it's it's beyond that it's that that other side of our human quality is the protection but then that protection goes beyond that, and I think it, like anything, is obsessive and goes farther and mm-hmm. we lose ourselves. So something has to bring us back. Right. So, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But it, it, was, it, keep, it kept me going in, in, like, other areas that, you know, mm-hmm. we, because these deities are part of us as much as we say they are, out there and you know they've got this power and everything it really you think about it you know how do we get sometimes it isn't necessarily that we go out of our way to kill somebody in true blood but um so there's a sort of a dichotomy um anyway Mm -hmm. the point is is that you wind up saying things 
and getting angry and killing people in that way and then coming out and going, oh, my God, I didn't mean that. And you and I both have a lot of people that come to us from that point of reference. Right, right. So the Kali is not just Kali in a deity. It is is a form of of, um, manifested energies. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I but. read this really interesting article when I was doing research for the show, uh, and it was all about Kali and the ego, um, and how she has nothing to do with sex or violence or death. That the death she brings is the death of the ego, and that's why she's so terrifying, because yep. our ego is is afraid of of being insignificant, of being afraid of death, and and you know. Um, I mentioned she's often seen as blue or black. Her tongue is hanging out. She wears a necklace of, of skulls and a, a skirt of arms, and she carries the head of a, of a demon in her hand. And it's a, it's a frightening image. Uh, and that mm-hmm. uh, the representation of, of all these body parts is that the flesh is not real. It's temporary. And that it is mm-hmm. a cage for the ego. And I was just, it was fascinating. I was like, but it was blowing my mind. I was like, right. I had a, I had an epiphany. I've, I've been going to therapy for the last few months to work on some things, like you do. And uh, mm-hmm. my this week, my therapist pointed out my need to be relevant. And so I've been sitting with this idea of relevance today, and and mm-hmm. how hard I work, and how hard I work, and how it's relevant. And I was like, holy shit, this is about Kali and my ego. <laughs> like all of this. Is- it all just came full circle, you know, how it does. And uh, I'm like, okay, I have some more work to do with Kali. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, and that's one of the things about any kind of work that we do, any kind of uh, workshops that we part, you know, that we create, oh, that we yeah. put out there, any kind of like the shows we're doing, everything mm-hmm that we are doing has this, this point for us. And it's, it's kind of like it's this deity and this energy and this thing, but suddenly there is that, just like you t- say, you're, you're, you know, a, the epiphany of this is it. And mm-hmm. you get it. And um, I will share mine, you know, after the, after the break, but because it's, it's a little different than what we've been talking about. So I don't want to just sort of, go off on left field, as my mom would say, <laughs> but it would be the kind of thing that, again, Kali is, and it's funny you talk about the ego, and I think because I did read, when I did the research, that was funny because there was somebody that I did wind up reading somewhere that had the same thing, and I'm like, yeah, that's it, because mm-hmm. the ego has, if you take it outside of, you know, the demons and, and, the, and the, you know, the spiritual world, and you take it yeah. as the the being that we are as a human and you go wow yep that's it that's what it is and and who wants to you know die and let go and you know it's about you know doing these things being here being important or or running the show and it it really did it was it it was why it is so terrifying and why even the ancients and i'm sure simplistic life versus what we have now in more 
intricate things still had the same problem that the ego was out there running around doing the stuff. And this was another form of therapy for them <laughs> is to yeah. deal with colleagues. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I just, uh, I spoke with someone today who was talking, we were talking about mythology and, mm -hmm. um, and they were saying that, you know, what they, they found in working with mythology is they'll find themselves in a situation where they're not sure how to proceed. And then all of a sudden it will dawn on them like, Oh, this is just like Persephone and what Persephone went through or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, name your deity. This is just what Kali went through. And then she said what she does is she goes, okay, so how did they get through it? Okay. What was the lesson for them? Okay. How, what was the next phase in, in that transition or that process? And it can give you a roadmap or comfort or, or an ally to call on. And I was like, yeah, man, that's why we're pagans. That's why we do this. Yeah. You know? Exactly, these, exactly. They can show yeah. us a way through, yeah. And it gives us a way because, you know, um, and it's funny because you were just, it's weird. I, I was going through my notes and I'm looking and seeing different things and as we were just, you were just talking about, you know, the ego and, and it's kind of um, the, the the bloody rice spiritual significance is, you know, the the symbol of the worst fears that, you know, give a chance to be faced down our own terror of annihilation and death and that she right. becomes truly a blissful goddess as opposed to the the the, the dark i mean she is still mm -hmm. dark but it is not the same as what we we create as the boogeyman it's it's different right. or the boogie woman right. if you want to call it so but i was and that was interesting because i just looked at that note and i go oh that's what we were <laughs> I can throw it to the side now. Um, mm -hmm. But she is also the crone. She is the, you know, she is the, the crone side. So every crone that we have talked about in other, other pantheons, it is still the same thing. She is, you know, she but, is the three faces, you know, which is the triplicity. But this, the one that is the most terrifying is the one that holds the key to the end of life or the end of the, um, the reign of terror of something. So, right. Yeah. So, yeah. But, mm -hmm. yeah. So, and, and we can, let's see, I'm trying to think if there's anything. I mean, obviously, um, they talk about the thuggies and, and things that we'll, you know, we can talk about later. But it, I don't, it isn't to me about some of the things that they have, because as we have said before, we are not Hindu. Um, it is right. not our culture. Right. It is not our understanding. It is like we get sort of like a surface process, but um, it means things to us because in its own way, it is a universal, these are universal uh, deities. They just are coming through different cultures. And I know mm -hmm. that, you know, we we see that because we talk about the similarities as much as the differences uh, that each right. culture has. So, yeah. but, um, and they certainly love to paint a absolutely terrifying picture of her um, in any of the icon, uh, iconography or sculptures or anything with, you know, black skin, blue skin, tongue hanging out, mm -hmm. you know, uh, babies around, you know, her, her weight, you know, arms and legs and babies and, and all the rest of it. It's very graphic about yeah 
the, the, the parts of the being that need to be let go of. Right. So, right. and um, so do we want to take a break right now? We probably should. Let's do okay. that. It's very short, but definitely we'll be quick and we can come back yeah. and talk more. We'll be back in about a minute. Yes, literally. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. I feel very unmuted now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are unmuted. We are unmuted. It's kind of funny because when we go into radio, when we go into that, we kind of, we have to mute. So what we say or what we're breathing like or whatever is not heard while the, the uh, advertising is going on. But it's funny when you hear it going, mute it. Unmuted. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's even more funny is, you know, the, we, we, our show is hosted by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, right? And uh, Mm -hmm. Nagashiva is the board operator for most of the shows and it's his voice. (laughs) Yes. When he he goes on mute, it's Nagashiva going muted, which is really funny to me. (laughs) It's like, whoa, where did Nagashiva come from? I know, I know. It's kind of like you're you're expecting him to turn around and see him sitting over at the at a desk doing whatever he's doing, and it's not there. But um, right. but interesting, yeah. And I don't know. Well, it's and it's where we are and what we do here in our show is sometimes we feel we're out in left field because we're mm. not as we're not working in a lot of the the Lucky Mojo. Um, hoodoo process but we do you know Mm -hmm. we do have ways to to connect everything and and all and i sometimes feel just listening to him makes me feel like we're part of the family even if we're kind of on the fringe over here yeah yeah so yeah Yeah. but anyway speaking of um fringe or otherwise the interesting thing that i note (laughs) with her with Kali being on the fringe you notice how i just sort of wrap that right around is yeah, well, even if it wasn't, it had to. It kind of did. Um, is that she really represents the the um, you know they talk about the cauldron, the dark churning belly, womb, pot of blood, you know, and all of the the things, and they they talk about different aspects of 
the the symbols or the the parts of her not just her what she wears in her outfit, so to speak, the, the the depiction of her, but what it is she deals with, what she has as her tool, so to speak. And um, it was kind of like every time I see her, you know, see Cauldron, I, I'm kind of like, oh, it's the Cauldron of Life, and this one goes into dark, bloody belly, pot of blood, right. and I'm like, okay, um, <clears throat> you know, a little <laughs> bit more graphic on it but um yeah so she she has a lot of different things that she that are part of her worship or part of what she does and how people get to the divinity that they are looking for touching in on that so Mm -hmm. and one of it is tantra you know it's it's very interesting i was sitting there going tantra tantra you know Mm -hmm. but um there are, you know, the worshippers of the, the, the importance of the crone aspect in the recreative qualities as opposed to just the destructive part of it. So Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I think we also, Western folks in general, we also have a, um, we don't have a full concept of Tantra. We, I, and I'm not saying that, I'm not making this assumption about you, Elvira, but I think a lot of folks hear Tantra and they think sex. And that's not yeah. necessarily true. There is definitely that aspect of Tantra, um, but it's, it's, um, um, it's about mantra, meditation, yoga. It's an esoteric process. It's, it's much more encompassing than just sex. And I think we right. tend to, when, at least I know many, often when I hear Tantra, my first hit is sex. And even though I know that it's more than that, um, mm-hmm. but it, yeah, anyway, blah, blah, blah. No. Yeah, well, and that's true. It's blah, blah, but it is true because we, you know, I mean, it's, you know, Tantra is meditation of the facets of, you know, the uh, the facets that she, you know, she has 10 faces or more, et cetera, and they're talking about the, you know, so our essential part of the spiritual growth and each, they're different, you know, they have different meanings. They have different aspects that you, you when you meditate and you you, you do the, that, that part of the work, it comes to you. It's not just the sexual experience. It has other things that they're they're talking right. about. And and you know, obviously, we all know about the concept of sex and the little death and da 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 and you know all of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's what Western people have pulled from it is again that upper part of it it's like surfing the upper wave rather than what the actual tantric practitioners and worshipers they go deep they go down right. and they get down in right. there and you know they have they have different levels they have different groups they're the yoginis or the shaktis which are the maiden they're the sexual priestesses the then mm-hmm. you have the the matri or the mothers, which are the bearers of the God-begotten children, meaning the bearers mm-hmm. of life. And then the dakinis or the crowns, they're the angels of death, of the cremation grounds. And, you know, the practice, the practice of going into that area and meditating and, you know, yeah. being the guides to the, in the land of the dead. So it's right. way more in terms of that word tantra than it is right. just sex. right. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and there are, you know, the one, at least in my very limited experience, I have found the most 
effective way to connect with Hindu deity in general and also with Kali specifically is with chanting uh, and using mm-hmm. mantras. And and I've said this before when we've worked with or we've had a show about a Hindu god. YouTube is a great freaking uh, resource for this. There are hundreds of YouTube videos where mantras will just repeat. You could get like 300 hours of one mantra repeating. And sometimes it has, you know, some fluffy music in the background. And sometimes it's just voices chanting. But they'll also often, many of these videos will have the the words on the screen as the chant is going. So you can chant with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. I don't have all of this. It's somewhere in my notes, but I can't find it. There are specific numbers that are sacred to the different Hindu gods. So you would chant a specific amount of times and the different chants are for different reasons. So if you want to call on Kali as your defender, if you want to call on Kali as a mother, if you want to call on, on Kali as uh, the dancer, right? There are these different mm-hmm. mantras to chant and it's, um, it's trance-inducing for us as a human to repeat a chant, to sit in meditation, and to and at least for me, is trance-inducing. Mm-hmm. It's way more effective for me than just trying to sit. And so I am a, a shitty silent meditator. I'm not good at it. <laughs> I, I, I I have too I'm too overbooked and busy to quiet my mind. So I use tools to help me. I use trance, mantras, and guided meditations and. I love mantras and and chanting them. It's so right. Yeah. Right. Right. And, you know, they have, it's interesting because the malas are the beads Mm -hmm. and the beads have specific, you know, numbers and things. And we've always known that because of course that's been something that has been brought into the culture from the sixties and all the rest of it. But it is these aspects that you you get accustomed to, and that's why the rosary is so um, effective. And you right. know, you know, do that in the Christian, the Catholic actually more than the Christian, mm-hmm. the Catholic process is that it's the same kind of inducing of quieting the mind and moving into that other space. So you yeah. know, I understand it, and for me, it is even if I'm not saying it, I'm hearing it. It will take me deeper. It will take me right. into that space for for the whatever time I need to be in there. But and you know, her time is the new moon, the dark moon. So obviously, you know, like many crones or or of that nature, it is the the dark time. So more more time for her. Um, and what else? What are the other things that we want to say? Um, well, she's often depicted with multiple arms, although. Like some other goddesses, it's usually four or eight. With her, it's sometimes four, it's sometimes eight, sometimes 12. There are even some reliefs of her with 18 arms. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, you know, each goddess in the Hindu pantheon typically has specific items. Like, for example, Sarasvati is usually has a, um, a musical instrument in her hand. Kali mm-hmm. usually has weapons, sword, dagger, trident. Um, she, it's often uh, a whip, uh, a noose or, or rope, mm-hmm. a shield, mm-hmm. but she also can be seen with a cup or a drum, sometimes a lotus flower, which is very common for the Hindu goddesses to have, right. um, and a bell. Right. Uh, and, and you will also notice it, if you get into Hindu gods or you want to explore more, every statue 
everything means something. So the pose of the legs, the pose of the fingers and the hands, what is being held in the other hands, all of it has Mm -hmm. significance. So it's important to understand that and know those things, especially if you're going out statue, for example, you want to make sure you understand the significance of what's in that statue. Exactly. Interesting, as you were talking about mantra, is that she is considered the Sanskrit crone because of the 50 um, skulls that are make up her necklace were 50 letters, each one having a letter, and that they would, she put them to she, meaning Kali, was the one who basically put them together for the different magical mantras as they were formed, words were formed, and that's how their how how they decide this is what written word comes from the sanskrit comes from these these alphabet letters on the skulls of this necklace that then get put together and uh, you know are made into the the different uh words for the mantras and i was like wow that you know i mean we talk about Odin and we talk about the runes and we talk about other cultures where they have and other patterns that they get their written form from. This was fascinating because I didn't know that she was the one that they kind of turned over the concept of she was the one that brought the alphabet and, you know, Mm -hmm. Sanskrit and the alphabet too. So I was kind of like, wow, okay. So another point of creation as much as destruction. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think in Hindu myth, those two concepts are two sides of the same coin. The Mm -hmm. creation and the destruction, they happen together. They need each other. It's it's actually Shiva and Kali, the creator and the destroyer. They they, they go together. Yeah. Right. Right. And very much, and again, the thing that I found, again, interesting was yoga. I mean, I love yoga, and Mm -hmm. I haven't been practicing it as much as I would like to, but I have always found that it was a way to slow the mind and the body down. And if you're looking at a frenzied frenzied energy of the, the dance that goes faster and faster, and if you start yoga, it's kind of like the opposite. It slows things down. So, um I was really kind of taken by her being part of the yoga tradition as much as the the frenzy dance aspect of her. Mhm. Yeah. So, but yeah. um and I actually want to share one thing before we get, you know, we have last loss of time is one of mm-hmm. the things that I had a chance this week along with doing my my thing here with Kali is I was I listened to a book on audio of Dan Brown's newest book called Origins, and in it is a the ending of the whole process is where did we come from and where are we going concept of uh, life begins, life ends, but it's from a more scientific point of reference rather than the spiritual God created it and that kind of thing, and it this thing and um, he brought in some interesting information and I have subsequently been able to really see it is Mm. in our world in our life and in my life is it's called entropy it is basically uh, Jeremy England is an MIT um, physicist who brought this into a more into perspective and brought it out and it's talking about 
the concentration of energy comes down, hits an area, and disperses. So in truth, when it hits whatever it hits, i.e., think of sunlight hitting the earth, the way the earth disperses that heat is it creates the growth of, of plants. It creates a way to change that energy into the growth of whatever it is. And that is what they were talking about on how it, this is how life began in the universe is this concentration of energy, but then a dispersing or entropy, which is called, which is the death process. You know, I mean, if you think about it, you, you get energy and then it disperses. It is becoming less, i.e. dying, but in in Mm -hmm. dying, there's a creation. So it was very, to me, hearing it in that way, and then obviously the myth, the the philosophy, the the way of Kali, I'm like, oh, okay, it's another way to see in myth what this is being spoken of now in physics and science. And uh, it just it kind of opened like your epiphany was this other thing. My epiphany was just like, ah, I get it. Cause you know, some of the <laughs> plants that spread their seed will not burst forth unless there is a major fire that literally heats up those pods and bursts them and sends the, the seeds flying to go into the earth to grow. And right. unfortunately having us experience the fires that we have experienced there is a lot of dispersing or entropy mm-hmm. of people to other right. areas. And I found it like I was going, wow, look at it over here and over here. And not just in, you know, the the smaller areas that we see in terms of, you know, um, how our life force goes and then it, it disperses and goes into something else and then creates something else out there to come back in, which if we look at reincarnation or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's just it's the energy, not just the soul right. or the spirit, but the energy. That was my big right. thing. So I wanted to share that before we, we went off the air because it was – I work on many levels, not just the spiritual level. And to me, sure. it was like, oh, it was a whole big thing for me to, to really catch. And this man, he's a very devout Jew. He's, very, he's from mm-hmm. the Jewish faith. And he says, this is not about my spirituality. It is about the, the science and the physics of, of the world in this way. So he, yeah. was, he's, yeah. he was very, he has a lot of integrity. I like, I like what I was reading when I went and did my research to read about him and not necessarily the story that was being woven by Dan Brown, which is intriguing, but still, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you, you, you immerse yourself in his stories. But um, for me, right. it, was, it was very uh, profound to, to help me in other things that are going on in my own life as much as the people that come to me as clients. So anyway, yeah. that was, that was yeah. it. So, Nice. That and anything we want to finish up with here with Kali, because, I mean, I don't know where my notes are. They've kind of been thrown all over the table. (laughs) Yeah, I think that, I mean, what you were just saying actually struck me about some of the things that um, in my research was about, you know, we have these timelines of when they think she may have been first written about because, you know, there are thousand-year-old Sanskrit and Vedic and different Hindu stories and systems and whatever. So we have mm-hmm. text 
right? Not that that proves anything, mm-hmm. but there is old text where they go, oh, this is probably Kali here. If we point right here, that's probably her. But some of um, some of the way her name, because it means so many different things depending on how you want to break it down, but she's time. She's the force of time. And one of the mm-hmm. beliefs about her is that before creation, before anything existed, before there was planets, before there was a moon, but way before humans, in the very beginning, it, there was only darkness. Then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everything came forth from that. And she is that darkness. Um, right. If you've done any study of, of the... Um, Oh crap! The word is escaping my head. Like where Inanna's t- people are from, there's the primordial Sumerian. goddess. Thank you. The primordial goddess from the Sumer region is the it's Tiamat. It's, it's right. the primordial ooze, right, from which all things right. are born. And that is that is Kali's lineage. You know, mm-hmm. we can see her as this as as, a, as the crone or the mother or the protector or the dancer or the warrior. She has all these facets, but if we go into her truest essence, she is the darkness from which all was created. And that to me exactly. is like, like that just, that I crack open thinking about that. There's something so intensely beautiful and terrifying about mm-hmm. that, you know? Mhm. 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 I know it's it's and that's that's what I think when you think about it we we're talking a little bit we talked earlier about the ego when the ego mm-hmm. which is so finite and you know like it's the solid little core here sees that vast dark limitless ocean it freaks yeah. out you know yeah. and um because from what we consider consciousness to that i mean how do we know that isn't more conscious than what we are right now we don't but we won't know until we're in it you know until we let right. go to go in it kind of process yep. but absolutely um, and i think that that is an example of a lot of things that we are um, challenged with on a daily basis in our own lives, you know, to, to mm-hmm. do something we don't know or to, to journey to a place we're unsure of. Um, and truthfully, I think that it is a warrior-like aspect to, to do that, but not necessarily in the um in the the uh, the truly aggressive side but a warrior goes in prepared to be part of this this bigger thing and i i right. i don't know we we have a mindset and i think that's the mindset not to sit and you know scream and yell at each other and, and throw rocks or or you know whatever it is we're doing to you know take care of the other person but it's a different it's an energy it's a whole state of mind, and it's 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 really big. And I think that's what yeah. people fear the most is that bigness Absolutely. out there. Yeah, you know? yeah, because it's not but, we can't really comprehend it. It's beyond what our precious little human brains can deal with. You know, so it's it can be overwhelming mind. and scary. Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, anyway. Exactly. All right. So we're at our time, and we yeah. will be back next week with Magic of Water, which is going to be fun. Yeah. Since yeah. it's raining. It's supposed to be raining. Magic spells and shit. Yeah. It's the shit I like. <laughs> you know, the spells and shit. I, I like that on yeah. the side. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness. We are just a, which a ball of laughter today. Yep. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. So we will we will be back live on mm-hmm. air next week, and yep. um, everyone have a safe and a good time out there. Yeah. We'll see you later. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.